Um, my name is David Joseph. I, I acted as the recorder uh, during this particular discussion. And I'm also a student who participated um, on this trip as well. So, yeah. Hi, my name is Miranda Johnson. I'm also a student at Bellevue College, and I was corresponding in this conversation. Uh, my name is Hannah Judson. I was one of the students who went to Ireland to study comparative politics and looking at similarities and differences between civil rights struggles in the United States and in Ireland. Um, and we're here to talk about um, things, insights that we learned about the U.S. from traveling to another country, um, some comparisons in politics and in civil rights. And it feels like just at least here in the United States, like we have put systems in place where the oppressor has benefited from the oppression of minorities, hmm. and people are not ready to let go of those systems. People in power aren't ready to change the system so that they don't have that control and that they're not getting that gain. And I don't know how we're gonna change things unless we address that. Because like, you know, like there's clear cut societal um, systems mm -hmm. that support the oppressors. Do you think that do you think that there are, because there were systems similar in Ireland, mm -hmm. we talked about the laws that intentionally, like they made it illegal to right. be um, Catholic, um, and they were like, oh, you can't do this, so that's why they had like the mass rocks and stuff like that. Um, right. Why do you think there's a difference between overturning right. those systems versus changing the systems we have here in America. Right, I think it's a lot about the mentality. So like, um, you can get rid of the law, but you can still have what's there behind the scenes systematically putting people down. Um, and as, if you're not, and th that's almost harder to address. Like you can get rid of the laws on things, but you can't necessarily get rid of the way people view each other or view these systems that are part of. Simply put, right. I think when you're dealing with a, a concentration of people who are of the same, I guess, identity as far as pigmentation mm -hmm. and nationality, maybe it's a lot, you know, people can, it's easy to come to a solution and say, you know what, let's fix this. But I think when you have, you're dealing with racial politics, it, it kind of complicates things. And as you mentioned earlier in regards to privilege and, right. You know, certain policies um, that support, you know, power, right? People having certain power. People, it's difficult for, for people to actually let that go. I mm -hmm. think it's the, the biggest challenge. So. For sure. Like, you can get rid of laws maybe that implicate racism, but you mm -hmm. can't get rid of the systematic racism that still is in our society yeah. 100%. Do you think that it has anything to do with, like, my, my take on that would be that it has to do with the age of our country? Right, so Ireland has a rich and varied and a long history. We started, when we started our studies, we started with the ancients, the, the people that we don't really know that much about besides these rocks that are in piles and have carvings in them. But we worked all the way up to modern day. And Ireland didn't start with the oppression. Right, they had they had history before, mm -hmm. and then came oppression, and oh, then they solved yeah, it. Whereas America was, was founded on yeah. right. on the oppression. Right, that's yeah, that's the that's whole really basis true. of where our economy was started. Yeah. You know, America wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the institution of slavery and the right. slave labor that built the country. Absolutely. And I think that has enormous implications for trying to move forward and sort of work through the conflict and solve the problem because. 
we don't we can't hearken back to a time before you know what I mean if you look at I actually was studying this in my uh, American Life and Culture class this week. There was a time in America before slavery. Mm -hmm. In the 1630s, um, African people were brought to America as indentured indentured servants. Indentured servants. Mm -hmm. And people, southern planters, they wanted African people. They valued African people because of the knowledge they brought about planting in tropical climates. And it wasn't until it became a class thing where indentured servants who were white and indentured servants who were black started sort of teaming up against the rich people. And rich people said, we can't have this. We need to sort of divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. And they and they started saying, well, you know, these people are less than. And they tried to create a unity, unified identity of white mm-hmm. versus black to mm-hmm. make it not so it was poor against rich, but a, mm-hmm. a different category that would allow them to remain in power. Mm-hmm. But because that period lasted about, you know, 50 years before slavery really caught on and like the concept of like life sentence of a slave like mm-hmm. you will be a slave your whole life caught on mm-hmm. you know we don't really have a, a, a as a nation we don't have a recollection of right. this time that we lived in harmony and had equality we don't have anything to go back to it's all it's moving not in forward reference, uh, yeah, right yeah. and so i think that has a lot to do with how we perceive the differences Mm -hmm. you mentioned that like race is a totally separate issue Mm -hmm. but if you i mean we talked about the similarities between how people were treated it was Mm -hmm. very similar oh absolutely yeah no question about it but i think the difference was that while yes there was a difference in like skin color obviously most Mm -hmm. of the people who were in ireland were white and Mm -hmm. that you know but there was they had that that time before that they could say we need you know mm. here's where the conflict started mm. we can point to that specific time and we need to f- finish it mm. i feel like that is really huge like i feel like that pretty much i mean might not cover everything but is a pretty good possible explanation for why mm. the healing process is going to be very different in those two respective countries mm-hmm. because the source of the conflict and what it was before were very different states, which maybe is a perspective that not many t- people like take into consideration. So it's good to think about. I think also too is like in regards to slavery or just whatever different impressions has went on. You know, mm-hmm. past slavery is about like actually America, you know, as a country saying, you know what, this happened, let's move forward. It's never really been yeah, that. Exactly. You know, I think. Um, I think that's really important just to move forward, you know. It's um, almost, it's, and it's a discussion that, I mean, luckily we live in an area where um, we do have these discussions. We're lucky that we have access to classes that do talk about this, but mm-hmm. that is not the atmosphere in the United States. Mm-hmm. There are so many places, and I'm sure there's even places here or nearby where people don't mm-hmm. want to talk about it, people mm-hmm. don't want to acknowledge it, people don't want to teach it. Like, I remember getting so frustrated with my high school U.S. history teacher because he just wouldn't talk about any of this stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is the foundation. How can we not talk about it? Mm-hmm. And he just wanted to, like, skate over the plight of black people in America or, mm-hmm. or like, or natives. Like, he just mm-hmm. wanted to, like, completely... Act like it didn't even happen, and I was like, "How can we move forward if we can't have a conversation?" Well, and I think, I think that in America there, there is a group of people that are saying, "This happened. Let's move on." Mm -hmm. Those people 
are the white people. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the lynching memorial that just opened, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know which state it's in. I don't know if one of you knows. I think Alabama. In Alabama. Yeah. Um, and all, you know, the overwhelming response to that from the white people in Alabama was, oh, well, racism, you know, slavery is over. Racism is over. Like, why are we still talking about this? Like, we need to focus on other things. We don't need to talk about racism. They want to avoid it and so they don't have to have an uncomfortable conversation because, right. you know, it was the South. That's where, I mean, not to say that slavery didn't happen in the North, mm-hmm. but you, historically, in terms of the Civil War, the South is very proud of the Confederacy. They're very proud of the way of life of the South, and that included slavery. And they are, you know, it, so there, there is that, like, oh, well, it happened, let's move on. But it's not from a place of let's heal from let's, this, let's, yeah. let's, let's grow mm-hmm. from this. Mm-hmm. It's a let's pretend it never happened so that I don't have to come to terms with my privilege and my prejudice. And, mm. and you know, it's, it's an avoidance of an uncomfortable topic instead of a potential area for growth as a country. I think this, when I think about even the whole idea of healing, what does that even look like? You mm-hmm. know, like... And like how painful, right? Like that, mm-hmm. you know, that process would be, not only for like minorities, because we're not. I don't want always. I don't want to just like focus on slavery. We mm-hmm. talk about the trail of tears with Native. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. much, mm-hmm. you know, like um, issues regarding women. You know, issues again to um, uh, that relate to women. Um, you know, equality. Um, you know, just a lot of. There's a lot of different. Mm-hmm. Stuff that that kind of like you know kind of tangled up in regards to this is general equalities in America. Right. I feel like we just you know need to address not just racial equality. I think that kind of right. trumps a lot of mm-hmm. other issues. But well, you know, and the thing is, and the thing that like I always personally preach for and towards is equity over equality. Because mm-hmm. when your goal is equity, you're making sure that people have the tools that they need to accomplish what they need to accomplish versus everyone getting the same tools because everyone getting the same tools might not help facilitate everyone to the same level Mm -hmm. because people have different starting points. Um, And that's just something that people don't look at. They're like, well, you have equal, quote unquote, equal access to this, but some people might need more resources to get Mm -hmm. to the same level that other people Mm -hmm. can get to with less maybe. And that's Mm -hmm. just something that people don't take into consideration and it's not something that people facilitate um, in policy a lot, Mm -hmm. which, that can apply to any minority. So like, my, my question to you guys is, um, you two you young ladies, mm-hmm. is um, what do you, what are some ways that as a country you can actually heal um, from a lot of the issues relating to slavery or mm-hmm. Jim Crow or whatever like that? What, what do you, how do you propose um, that we heal? Like, what, you know, yeah. heal, what, would, yeah. what would help this country move forward in regards to like dealing with that, that time frame of history? Like, what do you think? I think education is huge. Mm-hmm. I think people need to know, but I think people need to have the right facts. Um, I think people need to be told what happened and in detail. It's not something we just kind of skate over or don't touch at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think education always is always the starting point for a lot of that stuff. And mm-hmm. then there's things you can go from from there. I think having policy and having people in leadership positions that make sure that the right policy is being created for people who need it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't know, just people who care. And like as shitty as that sounds, 
a lot of times there just aren't the right people in power who care. I don't think it's for a lack of people who care. I think it's for a lack of making sure that the right people are where they need to be with the resources that they need to help others who mm-hmm. also need help. I hear you. Yeah. I think for me, what I think about when I think about healing, um, Malcolm X had a great quote, and I don't, I can't remember the exact words, but I can paraphrase it, but it was like, if you stab a knife nine inches into my back, pulling it back out three doesn't help anything. Pulling it out six is not healing. It is not until the knife is fully removed and the wound has started to heal and the wound is healed over that we can that we can truly call it progress. Right. Like you can't call it progress to just sort of pull it back out a little ways. And I think that that is really relevant. It's really relevant. You know, we as a country have to take responsibility for the things that we did to minority people. I feel to for me personally, I feel like there needs to be some sort of reparations paid. You know, a lot of times that looks like monetary reparations, but reparations in terms of, you know, we took away your humanity Mm -hmm. and we continue to do that to this day yes slavery is over but think about all of the you know police shootings you know think about the systemic racism think about you know a a a white job applicant getting preferred over a, a black job applicant think about college admissions you know all of these things that still persist today yeah okay you know we don't have slave labor anymore but it's not it's not progress we haven't even begun to sort of reach the level of equity that is possible in our country. And I know I maybe in my blind optimism know or hope that it's possible for us to get there, Um, but it takes a lot more acknowledgement of Mm -hmm. things that we messed up. Like as white people, we did that. Hmm. You know, we, I remember um, when I was very young, I was in like elementary school, my, we had learned about the Trail of Tears in class, and I remember being in the car ride home with my mom and just crying, just sobbing, just, you know, how could someone do that to another human being? How could, you know, and, and you know, we're responsible for that, not on an individual level. I didn't personally con- mm-hmm. contribute to the Trail of Tears, but as white people, right. as a group, as an identity. As a person who still benefits from it. Right, exactly. As someone who's still like benefiting from those actions, we have to take responsibility and people are afraid to do that. It's uncomfortable. Right. You know, because people interpret it as a personal thing, right? While I personally wouldn't consider myself a racist, I benefit from all these racist things from that are happening. Racism, right. And people right? don't like people don't like acknowledging that. I think yeah. the first step is education about all of those yeah. things. And then also an acknowledgement of it. Right. You know, think about the Holocaust in Germany. The German people acknowledge that what they did was wrong, and they talk about it, and they make sure that you know their children are educated about what happened, and their children know that they were wrong. Right. Right. We don't have anything like that here. Well, and it's hard because I think there's a lot of people that um, believe, or at least feel exactly what you were just talking about. Is where like just because as a white person I benefit from systemic racism that doesn't mean that I'm inherently a racist Mm -hmm. and people don't like they don't do that they don't separate it out in that way Mm -hmm. I think people like do a correlation so if you even try to have a conversation I mean I've had talks with so many people where I was like hey listen like here's your privilege and people Mm -hmm. are like fuck you I'm not a racist I'm like that's not what I was saying (laughs) like that was not what I was trying to tell you (laughs) um so I think like Getting that out of the way too um, would help mm-hmm. facilitate 
a productive conversation around it. Right. David, what do you think we need to do to heal? You know, I'm not... I don't know. That's a really good question. I mean, my voice projects. So, but <laughs> I deal with this stuff all the time. Um, you know, I'm not really sure. You know, I don't. I don't. I'm really. I mean, we've tried policy. Um, mm-hmm. um, we tried. I mean, I feel like in regards to race, we've been having the same conversation. Mm-hmm. In regards to media's concern for the last 50 years, right? They've right. had several panel discussions. Um, you know, there's been a lot of awareness in regards to. Um, racial equality, um, you know, through civil rights to the present day. So it's not a, um, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, you know, I, I really try to discover, you know, how that would look. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, education is number one, right? Like people to actually uh, think differently. But right. I was also thinking also about the concept of whiteness mm-hmm. and um, why people. Um, decide to attach themselves to whiteness because all you, all it is is power that's all that that's what whiteness is right yeah. and I don't know I, I don't know how you I don't know I didn't discover I didn't develop racism so I don't know I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know I don't know what that mm-hmm. I, I don't know I, I'm a byproduct of racism I don't I don't know how to fix that to be honest with you but I was just curious mm-hmm. um, right. you know, so you know you, you ladies consider yourself white how does yeah. you know Absolutely. Because I'm not the architect of, I'm just the, again, yeah. the receiver of it, so to speak. Not the, not playing victim role, but just mm-hmm. you know, yeah. speaking real. Mm-hmm. as like a white person not feeling inherently like a racist if they talk about their privilege. Whereas like, if, as a black person, like you shouldn't have to feel like you're claiming victimhood if you're talking about like your experience or like your struggles, you know? So I feel yeah. like, like that, that's all part of it. Mm-hmm. It's a weird position to be in. I don't I mean, even when I think of like a lot of, Events that happen like um, lynching, pit, you know, picnics, and you know, I just, I, the question I always ask, what sort of mentality do, do folks have? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not like pulling up, making a blanket statement to think everyone, but it's like, how does this become normal? Like, how did, how, how was this rationale, you know, in the first place? Um, so it's really, really interesting. But um, right, like, how did we get to this point? Yeah, and it's still happening in the present day. How did day. people do the things they did? Still happening to this day. I read right. like. In Oklahoma, a few days ago, like two people were hanged. I don't know, like you know. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, so, I, yeah, you know, like I don't. It's, and maybe it's fair to point out that it definitely is a different conversation here in Washington yeah. than say it is in like South Carolina, like yeah, or Arkansas, like you know. And there might, I mean, there's work to be done here, <laughs> but there's probably, I'm sure, a lot more work to be done there. And it. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that though. Really? There's. There's also hate crimes here exactly. it's not against black people yeah. but the the bellevue mosque oh, has yeah. been burned to the ground the multiple two, two times yeah. you know what i mean the the um let's get rid of the people back yeah the so i mean it's the same you know islamophobic graffiti on the sides of mosques on you know that sort of thing there it's it's Sort of a different story, obviously, when you're talking about relations, which relation the relationship between whiteness and and blackness. Um, to have one without the other. Right. They 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 have to coexist. The whiteness historically was defined as the absence of blackness. Mm-hmm. Right. Being black was was almost to to compare it to a religious thing, but it was to be unclean. Right. We had the one drop rule where if you were one sixty second of African descent, you were considered African. 
despite, you know, you could look white, go to a white school, but you were considered African, you'd be forced out of that, of that society. No, I think about when, but, you, when you say these things, I think about all the contradictions mm-hmm. in the world. I could, I, if I could test you right now, I'm sure you have some sort of new slavery. You have some sort of African ancestry in, in your bloodline because of slavery, right? Mm-hmm. You think of, you know, white men who, you know, whatever, vice right. versa, who, you know, kind of had sex with them. Anyway, you know, you um, think of that, right? Like, mm-hmm. no one's family language is no clear, you know. Right, uh, well, like, and for me, like, I'm, I mean, it's, it's a it's a weird it, it's a weird thing for me to talk about even with myself because like technically I'm like a weird mixture of like like at least eight different things mm-hmm. including um, I'm a big portion Taiwanese but then I'm also a portion native but like I'm mostly of European descent. Um, yeah. Oh. He's just saying two minutes. Which, like, I mean, and these percentages aren't even an accurate representation half the time. Right. But it's hard, it's weird to talk about race, too, because technically, I guess I identify as white because I get the privilege of being white. I mm-hmm. guess for me, that's what that is. Right. But, but that's, yeah, I, I pass as white, and so therefore I get the privilege that white people get. Like, that also kind of, that comes to me as well. Mm-hmm. So that's such a weird way to think about the race that you identify. Like even mm-hmm. like that was a really. Now I'm like, but like just thinking about like what you pointed out and what you were saying about like whiteness being the absence of being black or being any other race. Like mm-hmm. that's just that's a really interesting way to define yourself, and right. it seems really problematic. Well, and in in the United States we have laws based off of that. Yeah. The segregation was based yeah. off of they called it the one drop rule, mm-hmm. right? You know, the the sort of you can't, you know, to be afforded the privileges of being white mm-hmm. using the bathrooms, using the water fountain, doing all this stuff. You have to going having the better school this is before, mm-hmm. you know, separate but equal. Yeah. Um going to the the well funded schools, mm-hmm. you know, having this access to privileges. You had to prove that you were of, with heavy air quotes, pure white ancestry. But whiteness originally, it did not include Jews. It did not include Irish people. It did not include Italian people. So people Mm -hmm. who today we would consider like, oh, these people are white. Aren't even even part, right? It's it's all, the, the concept of whiteness has expanded as the concept of, of race has changed because race went from being a, oh, because we had the whole eugenics movement right. that was like, well, we should selectively breed humans mm-hmm. for desirable traits, i.e. white people. Um, we should try to have more you know, white people. We should sterilize disabled people, sterilize mentally ill people. Like we, And so as race has become it started as this like, oh, well, it's a scientific construct, it's biological, you can't deny your race. Mm-hmm. Race has now become more of a social construct. And with yeah. that, the definition of whiteness has expanded to include everyone, you know, Irish people are white. Italian, uh, Italian people are generally Jews. considered white. Jewish yeah. people are generally, you know, white passing. Um, and so as the, as the concept of race has changed and expanded and been in flux, so has the concept of whiteness. Um, I feel like it was always there, personally, in regards to the other minorities, like Jews, mm-hmm. Italians, um, you know, people from you know who are Irish. And I'm reading a book um, about that now that talks about when did the Irish become 
white. Mm-hmm. I feel like just the skin alone, you know, because the way it was set up is if you were white, you were white. It was visible that you were white. Right. It was based on your pigmentation in regards to, you know, them separating themselves from, you know, slaves. Mm-hmm. If you were black, you know, you were, you know, a second-class citizen. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I thought that was always there. I just, I don't know, maybe the, the elite, you know, right. um, decided when they say, you know what, oppress, contribute to oppressing this particular group of people, and then you can earn your, your mm-hmm. status as being white. But I, I felt like it was always visibly there. Maybe oh, yeah, not, for sure. Know, every other way. But. Yeah, no, the... Well, I was just going to say, like, that change in construct really is, like, a testament to the time we're in now, though. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, you don't have people that are one race anymore or that are, like, are purely German. Like, you just, I mean, it's rare. Um, And it's interesting because, like, the U.S. classifies itself as the melting pot Mm -hmm. and as if that's something that we should be proud of. But if you think about, like, how many people don't feel like they have access to their ancestry because they don't really fall in with any of the different I mean, I categories? I see a lot of people who deny ancestry too, a lot it, yeah. because of this, a lot of painful. I mean, you know, I spoke with a young lady, for example, when we got back from Ireland, and she said, you know, she's from Philadelphia, the East Coast. I said, you know, I just came back from Ireland. Oh, really? You know, my folks are Irish. And I was like, I could, could kind of hear the, the, the Irish, you know, it's, you know mm-hmm. the energy, this is there. It's like, oh, okay, how did you sense that? You know, I said, I just came from Ireland, I could, I don't know, just study the people, I could, you know, kind of feel their ancestry. And she's, you know, she said, you know, my folks had a really painful history. You know, she thinks about a grandfather when they first migrated to the country, the sort of condition that they were in. You know, it's not something that people were really proud of, you know, to be an Irish, yeah. to be Italian, because again, the legacy, when they, when they got over here 50, maybe even 60 years ago, the sort of, you know, position they were in society, so it is merged into whiteness, mm-hmm. Right. you mm-hmm. know, so it's just, that's why when you ask someone, you know, what's your ethnic ethnicity or something like that, or ethnic makeup, you're like, oh, I'm just white, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> I can just say I'm just black, and it's like, oh, okay, you know, and that's the narrative that's been set, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. My folks are from the Caribbean, and my folks are from this particular country, and you know, in Africa, you mm-hmm. know, some folks can actually you know, make that connection. But it's know. interesting how we view ancestry as well. White people are afforded the privilege of being able to trace their ancestry. So, like, I'm proud that I am one sixteenth Native American. Oh, I am proud <laughs> that I am thirty five percent German. But when it comes to black people, I in my in my experiment in my experience, I haven't I haven't you know, black people aren't, it's like, oh, well, you're black. You know what I mean? I haven't heard a similar experience. Like, I don't hear, you know, there's not black people on Twitter going, oh, well, I'm 134th Nigerian, and I, you I know, think that's that breakup. That's I think changing. it's changing, but in terms of popular, like, it's for, for a white person, it's okay to be proud of that. For a black person, it's just not something that you sort of, you hear very much, you know what I mean? I think the reason why I say is changing mm-hmm. in regards to, like, Black people. One, it's a blanket statement for anyone of color, you know, in this country, particularly of really dark pigmentation, to again fall on the umbrella of being black. But mm-hmm. again, folks are from the continent, Africa, folks are from the Caribbean, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, just other places, right? Um, so I say that to say that um, in the present day, it's like a new movement to essentially uh, claim, um, you know, your African ancestry. You know, you look mm-hmm. at movies like Black Panther, you know, like of all these different people of diaspora kind of coming together 
you know, and just, you know, just, you know, kind of, again, uh, setting a new narrative of who they want to be defined as and how they want to be looked yeah, at. And yeah. they're not leaving up to, again, white people, so to speak, mm-hmm. or media, you know, to say, you know, we're going to tell you who you are. And it's like, no, we're going to tell ourselves. Yeah. And this is who we are. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's and those kind of those kind of movements and those kind of shifts and those different narratives, I think, are what has been productive mm-hmm. in changing the overall mentality. Like, I feel like those changes and those movements in and of themselves have been the progression. Mm-hmm. So maybe, and that's a totally different conversation, but maybe mm-hmm. the question of how we heal can be maybe we could gain some insight through looking at the ways that people have, like... Elevate have the voices to... of the people who have been silent think, for so long. Uh, in closing, because I know we have to go... Oh, yeah, Tim just gave us the one-minute finger through the window. Across the way. I think equality, 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 equality. Be equal. I know we say that, this policy that's been passed, the separate and equal equality. I think uh, the, the great James Baldwin um, said, you know, why did they, why did they create the Negro? Why why did you you think about like white people? Why did they create this the Negro in regards to like this inferiority? You know, this like sort of narrative of people being dangerous and mm-hmm. you know intimidating or whatever. Like, well, like why was that even created? It's like I just felt like if you take down a lot of these forced narratives and say let's just come together as one. Let's, you know, let's, um, and let's say, let's be equal, I think it'll help kind of bridge the gap, and that's mm-hmm. all.